Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Aloha, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You're here with your host, the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. Let's just go ahead and cheers that yeah. right off the bat, just to, and you can kind of let everybody know what's going on. 2016. Oh, yeah. Six years old, dude. Six years old after 12 years old. Well, it says birthday bourbon, 12 years. Limited bourbon. Old Forester birthday bourbon. I got this back, and I want to say it's 16. Yeah, it says limited release 16. Yeah, no. Literally, I had it, and it's been untouched till today. But I just felt like we should do a little something different. Tell you what, that is fantastic. No argument for me on that. Let's see who this is. That's uh, really good. So it's a nice, um, fairly chilly, good day out here. We are at the uh, Cowboys kind of aquatic ranch out here on the patio. Um, got some Bernie Man music going on. Uh, it's like 70 degrees. It's going to be a great day for the podcast. Uh, we had a couple of things lined up today that just kind of, you know, issues kind of got in the way. We're personal. We hope everybody is okay. Um, but we're here. This is going to kind of be the first of our three Halloween-inspired episodes. A little bit. Um, I'm going to rant about a movie that I was hoping to be really good, and it sucked. We're going to get into some fun things today. We're going to talk a little bit about what wrapper actually does for a cigar i think this is something important that we put out there because i'm starting to see this trend pop back up where people are designating strength of a cigar to the shade of wrapper on top of that cigar so we're going to jump into that get into that um but being that it's our halloween setup you know we've got our jack skellington glasses um this old forester birthday bourbon from 2016 one is birthday bourbon which i've never had a bad birthday bourbon i've only actually had two um i believe i had it was either 21 yeah i think it had to be 21 and 19 i think of the two birthday bourbons that i had had um so it's just really cool and this is absolutely fantastic um so we're gonna jump in um i'm gonna cut into and light up the drac redux too this cigar just came out last week smoked a few of them now um, but kind of want to talk about them. You know, with the supplier, the amount that we're done, literally 20% less boxes than the Frank Redux, um, very quickly these came in and they were gone. Uh, so much that some shops got some and they were pre-sold already, or some shops got didn't get some at all, you know. So I've uh, got about a box of these, so real excited for that. Cowboy, what are you smoking and what are you going to get into? Well, I'm smoking the... About halfway through uh, the Tatuaje, uh, what size? That's it's the seventh special, and it's the uh, it's like a Corona Luxico, San Andreas wrapper. I think it correctly. Tuxla, Tuxla. Yes. 
What did I say? You said Lux Go. You were thinking whiskey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, the talk stuff. And I was talking to Mark because we had talked about what that means. It's a region of uh, Mexico. If I'm thinking correctly, he'll correct me if I'm out. Wow. But uh, we smoked this, and it's funny because you brought this back from Fox in Arizona, maybe? Yeah, when they first released, I had gotten some from Fox. I got the, I got a box of the seventh. That's the seventh special, so that's that size that was done. They only did three. They did the T110s, the seventh, and then the Avion 13. And there's only difference on them is, you know, binder fillers stayed the same. They just went to Tux the region and used that Mexican San Andreas or Mexican Maduro on top of it. And I literally finished that cigar on the way here. And I, I said it then, and I say it again. It's just, it's a beautiful smoking cigar. I, we smoke a lot of cigars, as you guys know. And, and the differentiate is just if it wows me a little bit. And there's been a few um, over the last month or so. And, you know, we get all excited about the Monster Series and Tatuaje, especially in October. Um, and we just kind of put to bed, you know, over late summer, the crown heads with uh, the Las Caveras that just came out in 22. But this is kind of Tatuaje uh, month with all the monsters, and we just got in the track and whatever, and we both smoked those. Now we're looking forward to the advent calendar, which should be out here Next within week. the week. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I was just asking Mark the price point on that, and for 25 cigars, um, <coughs> just under 250. Yeah, 250. Yeah, I think I honestly think. Right, obviously you won't know until it gets into the store, but I honestly think, you know, just going on basic markup, you know, his MSRP on it's 200, so I don't really see it getting above 240 bucks for 25 cigars, which being Tatuaje and especially what's inside the damn box. I'm all about it. I mean, when you really get down to it, $10 a cigar, and when you talk about what it costs for the packaging and bring it from seed to farm to, you know, us talking about it and smoking it and have a unique a unique package and that, that's pretty special, I think. For sure. Yeah. And then what's even more special about it is with those advent calendars, we talked about these last year, and I even think we talked about it right after the trade show this year. I think I brought it up then. And um, because last year he couldn't get all of the boxes for the advent calendar, he suspended the shipping of it last year and did both 21 and 22 this year. So what's cool is between the two, obviously different color boxes. I think one's red, one's blue, or blue and green, maybe, the colors on them. Uh, but five of the monster and pumpkin sizes will be different in the other box. You know, so... And what's unique about it is you can get one or you can get both, you know? Um, and the advent calendar thing is really cool. But if you buy the advent calendar, do it as an advent calendar. <laughs> I, lo I love people buy it and rip the damn thing up and just pull all the cigars out. Like <laughs> it's done. Which I, I understand. I understand. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm buying two. Like I'll, I'm probably going to rip 21 open and actually follow 22. Because in my mind, 21's over, so just rip that one over. Good point. But it would be interesting to, you know, follow along with it and smoke one. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. 
and yeah, but it's based there's on there's gonna be some cigars you're not gonna be able to buy if it isn't in this advent calendar. Hundred percent. You're not gonna get it. So there's gonna be some event only stuff in there. Like I know some of the Smash Pumpkins will be in there. Um, some unique sizes on Atelier stuff, some surrogate sizes, um, black label, red label, brown label. I don't think there's any white label in there. There's some Cabaguan, um, L2 Ophidors is in there. There's a bunch of it, which is going to well, be really cool. The one thing I wanted to start kind of this with today is, and I haven't done it in a while, today is just an absolute gorgeous day here in st louis we've probably had three days now where it got down depending on where you live i live just on the outskirts of downtown here in the parrot it got down probably to around last night probably 30 but the other two nights we were down 27 28 so we had to cover everything you know i've got the pool here the agua farm so we had to lock it all down keep it chilly willy uh because the next three days are supposed to be in the 80s and sunny and beautiful. We can get that heat up. We'll be taking a dip in the pool, although I heard it's supposed to be windy. But let me tell you something. To be 80 coming around to Halloween, that's a gift. So if it's a little frosty in the water, I'm getting in. Got to enjoy the hell out of it this weekend. But it's an absolute gorgeous day. We got Halloween decorations all over the deck. And uh, couldn't be a better day to do a podcast with me and my brother, the Viking, the Burp Cowboy. And we're excited about this. You know, yeah. we just wrapped up the block party. Exactly. I Lent. wanted to ask you, dude, we got to talk. One, um, I want to give a huge shout out to, we knocked it out of the park. I think Table 36 knocked out of the park. Scott Vestiel knocked out of the park. And he wasn't but, even supposed to be here. Yeah, he worked some things around. I was able to make it. Or something happened and he was there. So it all worked out, and we had a great day. And what was our bourbon? We had uh, uh, oh, ben, Holiday ben Holiday was there. Was right Still, six thirty was right next to us. Six thirty was um, there, and then Andrea. Blacksmith Distilling. Andrea, yeah, came in and worked the table. And then and Blacksmith really Distilling nice. was over there. Yeah. Uh, but from me pitching this idea to Brian at Lit, and then you and I thinking about how to do it, and then him finishing on his end with the um, whiskey and Arch Nemesis Brewing was there. Mouse in the House charcuterie, um, to putting that all together, and then, you know, to Dana getting us laid out in that unique, uh, like, it looked like a block party, you know what I mean, or like a um, farmer's market, like, kind of like the setup, from all that to be a conversation to come to fruition that way and knock out like that, and the weather was great, everybody was outside, the cornhole boards were going on. The booth looked amazing. It was like 74, 75. Yeah, it was, it was great. And did we mention Ben Holiday Whiskey? Because, damn. Damn that shit. That's good. It is very, very good. And we didn't even know after being there all day, and we've had Ben Holiday on probably two or three weeks ago. Uh, somebody had, um, I, I came into a store, and the guy had recommended, they had just had got it. I was really surprised to hear it was from McCormick Distillery in Weston which we were there a year ago. We didn't go to the whiskey event this year because of scheduling or whatever, but I was really surprised that right out of the gate, they got a bottle and bond that really is is good. It's special. And then at the end, um, she was kind of telling us there's a couple different, a couple or many that are a little different um, as far as, they put on the side of the bottle 
um, where every where, percentage of right of, what yeah. they put from yeah. from Rick. I think it's Rick House Five. I think they all came out of Rick House Five, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have a bottle here in front of me, but there was a couple different um, different ones. We didn't know that until the end. Um, yeah, we had, I had no idea. There were different um, like Rick House positions and and uh, I guess what's would you say stave finishes on them. I don't think it's stay finishes. I think it's all a matter of where it is in the rick. Now. Or mash bill per that bottle and bond. Because all their whiskey is bottle and bond. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure we've talked about it. If we haven't, you know, lower in the rick um, is sweeter. And as you get higher up and more heat, it's a little hotter. Um, so rick placement in the rick has something to do with, obviously, the finish. Uh, not necessarily finished, but whether it's sweeter or hotter and when they put it together. Yeah, but Ben Holiday was great. It was great to see Blacksmith out there. Um, Arch, uh, uh, Still 630 being out there. They had their new collab with Urban Chestnut. That, Oktoberfest. That Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah that was, was really good. good. Um, yeah, it was a great time. So, you know, thanks for the district and, and Lit Cigar Lounge for piecing that thing together and getting the space. And, and it's only going to be better, too. We had kind of limited space, but that was okay for the first year because they're doing, they're redeveloping that whole quadrangle or that well, yeah, piece and of Well, yeah, think about when, when the build-out finishes and the new spot for Lit Cigar Lounge opens next year and we do this again, the second block party, bro, it's going to be big. Big, big talking like parking lot rager big you know like burning man big <laughs> what about burning man big it's chesterfield not the Mojave right, desert yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah that was a blast man that was a blast i gotta i gotta jump in here and tell everybody something everyone knows i'm a horror movie fan i haven't been able to talk about this yet okay halloween ends is the worst fucking representation of Michael Myers that John Carpenter would roll over in his freaking grave. I think he's still alive actually. Maybe he's going to jump into his grave because that's how horrible that damn movie was. Wow. The first hour and a half of that movie was like a snapped episode on TLC. Right? Yeah. And then suddenly, after all these years, Jamie Lee Curtis kicks his ass. Well, he's old then. Oh, blow me. But she's still, she's gotten That old. dude's been shot, stabbed, blown up, drowned, set on fire, locked in a burning house. Somehow the rubber mask has never melted, which I'm all on. I'm all about it, okay? All about it. But does he then, fix his mask or th- do anything with it? No, he grunts and kills people with a fucking kitchen knife. Okay? <laughs> then, sitting down last night, there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that comes out, right? 2022 tying in all the social media fixation on the old town get to the end right you know Leatherface doing his thing cuts the girl's face off puts it on best part of the whole movie next gets to the end the girls win the girl takes this chainsaw and uppercuts him right splits his shit in two and he falls into the water okay we're like oh boo this sucks and I'm like he's not dead he's not dead there's no way he's dead they're like yes he is he's dead they go out, they get in the smart car, auto routes to home, the music gets all nice. This dude comes out, punches the glass in. This was cool. <laughs> Pulls the chick out with one arm, lifts her in the air, and takes a chainsaw and cuts her head off, and then throws it at the car as her friend's driving away. 
Right? Then it ends. You know yeah. what my problem with this Halloween is so far? The scary shit sucks. It's not scary. Well, I always start with the old stuff. Like, I sent you pics. Oh, you watched uh, the Swamp Thing last week. Well, we did The Thing, which is one of my favorite. Um, I think I said, I think it was the 1982 version. Mm-hmm. It was a remake of an old one. And, and you know, it's got um, uh, Russell or uh, Douglas. You know, Michael Douglas? My, no. Is it Michael? You know, he did Escape from New York, too. And he did the B-side of Quentin Tarantino's with the, you know, he takes the black car out and kills a couple girls. Mm. Um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Anyway, he's one, I like him, and he's he's done a bunch of these, and there's talk of redoing it again with him again. But just the crazy effects in the thing and the way they did it, I, I thought it holds up. Just like I told you I was watching a special on uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that makeup and that the architecture, the of animatronics the town, and everything, everything yeah. that they did with that original planet still holds up today. I mean, it's still as good as it was. Well, I rewatched um, an American Werewolf in London last week. Right? That's what is that? Seventy eight? Yeah, that's. Amazing. It's either late seventies or early eighties, right? Perfect. Still the best werewolf in any movie ever. Right? And what I love about it is the werewolf isn't... It's not this massive, giant thing. Right? You know, it's a five-foot-seven man that turns into a wolf. It's a five-foot-seven wolf standing up. You know? Was awesome. And then I followed it up a couple days uh, later with the pumpkin. And I got the big tree going in the front room. And we did Creature from the Black Lagoon. Which, it's an oldie, but great. I mean... And... I guess after I watched, because, you know, the other big thing happening now is I don't know what the anniversary is of James Bond, but the music has such a big part oh, of Oh, well, it's the, it's the 20, uh, what, 50th anniversary, 26 films, something, 50th or 60th, I think? Not sure. But the creature from the Black Lagoon, again, it's like this old, you know, it's like the... Uh, the queen, uh, what was it, the African queen, Mm -hmm. they're on some little trotter like that, and they got the old shed, and just the music in it, and they filmed it at Silver Springs, Florida, which I've been to a couple times, which is an utterly amazing springs and park with glass bottom boats, and um, so we watched that, and it's awesome, and I'm looking forward to seeing the original Halloween, which that's another one of my... I watched that uh, last week, Halloween, 1978. Which, uh, there's no beat in the first one. That's no. That's just no. the best. You know who did a really good job of remaking that movie? And why it was awesome is they just made it modern and didn't change a damn thing. Rob Zombie redid Halloween. Told the entire story. I think I've seen now, it. Now, he elevated a it a little bit. Like, you know, how Michael Myers got picked on as a kid and the first kid he kills is with a, a tree branch in the woods. Like... He did, he did get into that. But the story didn't change. At all. And it was, re- it was really good. Really good. Have you watched The Munsters yet? No. You gotta watch it. Um, it's great. I've seen it. I just need to take a night. And- you got it. Were you a Munsters fan? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So take it in with that side time. It is filmed. The acting 
is as if it's still the early 70s and it's Eddie Munster and the Munsters in L.A. This is like the prequel, how they get together and move to L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's great. Love it. You watch Hocus Pocus 2 yet? The what? Hocus Pocus 2? I don't think I've seen Hocus Pocus 1. What the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> this is unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. Put it on TV. <laughs> now. We'll watch it right now. Hocus Pocus 1. Um, no, there is a movie I'm really excited for. I saw previews for it. I think I told you about it. It's called Violent Night. Yes. Okay. And then there's another one about a female exorcist that looks terrifyingly good. Got tickets for that, too. But Violent Night is about, from the preview, the guy's got to watch the preview. It's hilarious. It's um, it's Cooper or, or Hopper from Stranger Things yeah. that's playing Santa Claus. And, like, the opening scene of it, they're in the preview and they're at a bar. And it's like, it looks like there's, like, six mall Santas. And then him at the end, they're all telling, like, how long they've been in the game. One guy goes, well, you don't look very new. How long have you been doing this? And he goes, I created the fucking thing. <laughs> and it... It's just, it looks really good. John Leguizamo is the bad guy in it. Like, it looks, it looks great. I'm pretty excited for it. But my problem is right now is, like, every year, especially Netflix, even Shudder, or even Prime, they'll put out their own, like, you'll find these uniquely scary movies that are good. Got nothing, dude. Nothing. I will get The Wizard of Oz in there, too, because... I first saw it around this time, Halloween, when I first saw it as a kid. And listen, yeah, there's witches and, you know, there's midgets, wizards. But it's the flying monkeys, you know? I mean, when we get to the thing where the flying monkeys come down in the castle and the witches and the OEO and that shit, that's what I really dig, you know? Yeah. But yeah. It's exciting. That's why this whole month is so great. Now we add to the whole lore, Tatawahe Monster Series and whatever. And actually, last year, the the Frank that came out inspired me to be Frankenstein last year, and then my wife to be the, the bride of Frankenstein, yeah. and we pulled that off with some... I struggled yeah. with the shoes. You did okay in those night. shoes. Let's be real. The you first, did okay in those yes. shoes. Second night was better. Yeah. Because I just said I'm not moving around a lot. She didn't get me my drinks. The funniest part was you never fell in the shoes. The minute you took those shoes off, put your boots on, you fell on your face. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Everybody was thinking I was getting drunk. No, you then, tripped. No, you tripped. We all saw you trip. But the joke was, how the hell does he put regular shoes on and suddenly trips when you're wearing these? Nine inch elevated size 15 shoes that you can barely lift and walk in. <laughs> you look like They're you were like walking in flippers. boots with like four treads on there. It's like, yeah, it was tough. but it was funny. We got through it, was, it was hilarious. Um, anyway, excited about next week. Um, because we're going to do, um, Thursday, we're having the Grand Crew Spooky Vibes event. Well, is that what we're calling this? But it's basically, you know, a fun craft apparel slash Reaper release party with our cigars at Grand Crew and friends. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's calling it the Local Legends Tour. Wow. I'm calling it the Spooky Vibes Tour. Uh, That's going to be our Halloween podcast. Uh, We'll do it then. 
Um, but that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have NFL football plus blues hockey. Um, we're going to have cool raffles. And did the blues pull off the win last night? I don't remember. I, didn't. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Jesus didn't even start till 9 o'clock. So um, they were tied up at one point. So I did. And that was in the end of the second period. I did finally watch. Um, the, I watched it almost two times. Uh, House of Dragons. Yep. And um, I'm stoked about next week. I am too. That, dude, the end of that, when Reyna Rain, blows out the um, that was cool. out of Dragonstone, or um, the Dragon Keep. Yeah, we need more dragon. That's my one complaint about House of Dragons, dude. Like, there should be dragons in every episode. And where, every I mean, episode. and I'm still a little fucked. Where the hell are all the dragons at? They're down in these caves or yeah. some shit, and then you got to go down in there in and the like, dragon pit. Say some shit to find your dragon and say some dragon calls. Yeah, booby dooby. Let me get on your back and let's go break some shit. Yeah. yeah, and they're pretty tough. Like, what's that right conversation? What's that conversation with your dragon? All right, buddy. What we're gonna do is you're gonna go head first up through this floor, and then we're just gonna scream at these little fuckers and we're gonna fly away. How does that game plan come together? Yeah, I don't know. But it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. It, it's it's gonna be good. Um, I actually read a uh, interesting fan theory the other day about this next Game of Thrones that Daenerys isn't actually dead. Um, because if you if you remember in the end, so I'm rewatching Game of Thrones now because you'd be surprised they actually did really good in. They're trying to tie in this Game of Thrones to um, Snow, right? Well, no. So the no, not not House of Dragons. House of Dragons is the, the fall of the Targaryens. You know, coming into season one, where Robert Baratheon killed Aegon, and you know, Jon Snow is you know whatever. And, um, but uh, they in Game of Thrones, they make a lot, even from season one. There's a lot of conversation about the Targaryen and Valerians that you see in House of the Dragon. It's actually pretty cool to go back and see it, but. In the end of Game of Thrones, where Drogon gets pissed and picks up Danny and melts the Iron Throne and flies away, and at the very end, when like you know they make uh, Bran king and all that, and he tells the Meister to go find where Drogon went, like where did he go? And everyone's like, okay, think about this. Bran, the entire show from season two, was seeing the future. He knew when things were coming. He knew how the White Walkers would die. He knew that Arya would do that. He knew how it would end, right? If he's asking about where Drogon went, are the dragons really gone? Is Daenerys really dead? No. What? Okay, that's as far as my nerd reaches on that, okay? Um, so, this Drac, I love this cigar. It is a fantastic cigar. I'm very excited it's back. Um, I don't really have any frame of reference on the original Drac because, shit, it's been a decade uh, since I smoked one of those. Uh, the Skinny Monsters, they're their own thing, right? My one thing about this cigar is the Monster Mash that came out last year. That was two years ago now. That was 20. Monster Mash. Because Monster Mash out 21 was Frank Redux. 22 is Drat. Um, in that, there was the petite torpedo size that didn't have the shag foot of the Drac. And that had such a unique... Like, I talk about it in the Lake Rim and the Bellicosos when they use that wrapper... It gives it that cotton candy kind of spice where it just pops all around your tongue. Now, there's still spice in this cigar, but it's a little more mellowed down. Like, this is this is more of a, a bodied-up cigar. Like, it's tangy. You can taste it more. That spice is gone. 
That's the one thing I'm missing in this cigar. How many times have you smoked it now? This third. Or third. Or yeah, I've only smoked it once. And then I went down in my vault, the big white cooler, and my box of last year's Monster Mash was in the, the bottom of it. Dug it out, and I pulled out the box press Freddy Krueger. The Krueger, yeah. And I was blown away by that. That had all of the good shit in it. That's one of it. my it favorite had monsters. Spice. The everything about it was great. And now I'm like, man, where can I get some more Freddy Krueger? Because that was just fantastic. I mean, yeah. really good. And so they didn't put a box of the Monster Mash out this year. No, Monster Mash was a 2020 thing. It was a yeah. race. Yeah. You know, lock that up like uh, Pudgy Monsters were, or how the Drac and Frank releases. You know, that's like that year's thing. Um, but I love, love this cigar. It burns phenomenal. Um, even it's a little windy out here and it's doing just damn fine. Just fine. Um, I really like the size. I actually really like the shag foot on it. Shag foots aesthetically are incredibly appealing to me. Like closed foots, I love when the cigar looks that way. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very pleased with this. I'm very excited to see what monsters are inside the advent calendars because um, that may be your way to get you know they're gonna be they're gonna be four and a half by 46 they're gonna be like corona sizes of the monsters in that box i think or four and a half by 48 or something like that but will be interesting to see the box when it comes in 25 cigars how they lay it all out i'll show you how it looks i mean i've seen the box that's how it looks oh okay. that's the box more square, more elongated, because I've seen some of these and they're a little more elongated. Well, that was Oliva's last year. Oliva's new one this year is great. It's about, I'll say 14 inches tall, three inches thick, and it opens like a book. Oh. It's perfect. Um, okay, there's something I want to talk about today and I want to, I'm going to get a little educational here for a minute. I've been noticing that all around this this wrapper idea is coming back around that wrapper like the shade of wrapper on a cigar is going to equal your strength content in a cigar this is not only false it's just not true um wrapper as far as strength in a cigar go has nothing to do with it body yes a wrapper plays into the body the smoke of a cigar okay um the way we have to do this, we've talked about this a bunch of times. Strength and body are two completely different things. You can have an incredibly full-bodied cigar that is mild to medium in strength, right? So, for example, there's two off the top. Our Reaper, Del Maduro, Smoke Bomb, okay? Depending on your palate, it's a mild to medium cigar, okay? Same time, you could go over to a uh, the original Nicarusticas from Drew Estate. Huge smoke bomb of a cigar, right? Big bodied, was more of a medium to full strength depending on your palate, right? Wrapper's um, number one um, reason for being there, one is aesthetics, right? How the wrapper looks on the cigar, the, the visual, the image you're going for, the, the mouthfeel, the direct mouthfeel of the, of the cigar once you have it. Wrapper is a big taste component, okay? You're gonna have people that argue 70% of the taste of a cigar comes from the wrapper. 
I will agree with that within about 10%. I think about 60% of it's there. Um, I think a lot of your deeper tastes come through the complete combustion, right? Once you get the binder filler burning with the wrapper, you know. Uh, but there's this idea that because you have a Connecticut wrapper, that is a mild cigar. And then if you have a Maduro on a cigar, that is a strong cigar. Maduro literally translates to ripened or mature, okay? A Maduroed leaf is just going to have more body to it. It's going to be more rich in flavor, right? Where a Connecticut, depending on if it's Connecticut River Valley or if it's Mexican, or San, oh, I'm sorry, um, Ecuador and Connecticut, or if it's grown, wherever the Connecticut is grown, those are known for their more, they're silky. They're, you know, you could say floral, your mild sweetnesses, the real creamy kind of smoke flow, right? So you can have a Maduro wrapped cigar that is just as mild as could be, right? Strength side. Whereas on body, it could be big, bold, a lot of smoke, heavy flavors here and there, right? Rapid flavor changes. But that does not translate to strength. Strength and body and a cigar are two different things. And I think if you're a new smoker, a, a, a proper tobacconist, someone that, that really cares about what you're smoking will teach you that right away, right? Because there's been so many conversations where people are like, I don't like strong cigars. I'm like, okay, well, do you not like a lot of smoke or the strength of the cigar? No, I hate a lot of smoke. Okay, so you don't like big, full-bodied cigars. You you may be a hell of a Lajero smoker, right? Go nuts on it. You know, you, you very well could. You don't know. And because that's not being taught, people are starting to fall back into this idea that wrapper shade equals strength of a cigar. You know? Gotcha. I think it would be great if, um, not, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but we um, had a scheduling issue uh, one night when we had Travis down to Lit. And we, um, I still have the full box of the, the discussion on wrappers. Mm-hmm. Do you have one as well? Mm-mm. Well, that's all right. We could take mine and take an episode and go through those and talk about the wrappers and the education of that, which would be good for me. It would be good for our listeners, too. And the cool idea on that box, again, is I didn't, I'll tell you this. We talked about this on that podcast with Travis and Brian and everybody that was there. I don't agree with Travis when he says there's three things in a cigar. There's strength, body, and flavor, right? Flavor is body, but flavor is the, the, the buoyancy of the smoke, how, how big the smoke is, how thick the smoke is, you know, how spicy the smoke is versus how creamy the smoke is. And then you can break those down into whatever lower taste level or branch, I shouldn't say lower, sorry, branched off taste level that you want to get into, right? Totally do that. So, but in that tasting note, it lets you go from a Colorado Claro up to i think it's corojo criollo wrapper that's on there and let you trans you know kind of grow through your creaminess over to your spicy side right um i just think that that needs to be brought to the forefront again that that the difference between those two needs to be known um you know one of one of my cigars since we're smoking tatuaje i'll talk about this the tatuaje monopoly number three the negotiant series it's an Ecuador, Connecticut wrapper on that cigar, right? It's an elegant, gold, beautiful cigar, right? When you smoke it, it's got a great sweetness to it. It's got some awesome flavors. 
very little bit of spice that plays here and there. But as you're smoking that cigar, you start to feel that cigar. That is actually a strong cigar. It's a medium, medium full cigar, again, depending on your palate. That's the cigar I always like to use when people say that Connecticut's are, are mild. I'm like, that's not, not necessarily true, you know? Now, where you can say that probably 75% of the time, if somebody is using a Connecticut Broadleaf, an Oscuro, uh, a, a Maduro, a Double Maduro, uh, a Dark Corojo on a cigar to develop those rich flavors, the spice content, the big combustion, they're probably making a stronger cigar. Okay, but that's not always the case, you know. Um, and I want that. I want that to be to be shared around. I want that to be taught, you know. I just think I think that the body versus strength conversation was very big for a while, and now it's kind of melded out, and, and people are trying to leave again with, you know, this this Connecticut wrapper. This is my mild scar, which it may may very well be, and then this Maduro here is my strong scar which it may very well be. But just because that's how your ratio of blend is going out, right? In Craft and Puro, what's our strongest cigar? Probably the, the Hooligan. It's the Hooligan. Double Ajero, right? Viso Seco percentage build and binder and filler, Habano wrapper. Okay, it's got very little spice on the top. It's a creamy, fun cigar. But if you're torquing through that thing and you're not careful, you stand up straight to your head. That's a strong cigar. You look at the Mexican San Andreas on the Cyclops and the Double Maduro on the Reaper, neither one of those cigars, again, depending on your palate, is going to get above a medium. You know, but the body, the smoke content, the, the, the build of the combustion will please any full-strength smoker. You know? I hear you. I was trying to get my next cigar going. What are you smoking? Uh, good question. Well, this is now I'll tell you what it is. you on size, but it's a it's a Tatawahe LE, uh, limited LE uh, pumpkin. Yeah, that is from and it's got a shag foot on it, and uh, the size it's a little thicker than a Corona. It's a Toro. Toro. Yeah. But that is the Smash Pumpkin CRA release that you bought in that pack from. 19 or 20 yeah yeah and i love it i actually think i prefer that size against the actual event size monsters yeah i only have one of these i believe and it's probably because it came out of that, package that pack. i've only got one because it came out of that package well i've got that. i've got three because anytime someone buys that package I tell them, I'm like, I'll buy you any two cigars you want if you'll trade me the pumpkin and the TAA Padron. So I've been able to acquire a few of them that way. Um, but, so now when it comes to wrapper on a cigar, what do you attribute to a wrapper? The wrapper leaf. What, what do you attribute that? What, what? I'm sorry, I'm wording that wrong. What do you feel that attributes to the cigar? This is a trick question. Nope. That's an honest question. Um, well, I think there's kind of, for the wrapper, for me, there's a start, right? When you first get your mouth on it, you cut it, light it. I mean, there's a real start to that wrapper that you get right off the beginning. And then I think you get uh, a secondary flavor 
or burn on it once it starts getting through the cigar. Um, and then how it finishes. And, uh, and, and not thinking a lot about it and talking a lot about it. I, I guess I thought about it more when we did uh, the Reaper with the double Maduro wrapper, how much more smoke it put off in that area and how it started and how it goes through and then how it finishes. But, um, I mean, I don't know how much more technical I can get about it. But don't, don't get technical. When, when, when uh, you look at, say, say you've got, um, okay, you just finished smoking that tuck stuff, right? And now you're smoking the smashed pumpkin, yeah. right? What did the wrapper attribute to you on those cigars? Like right away, just when you when you look at them. Um, this one seems a little more mild start than what the other one did. Um, it had a little more spicy notes right off the cap after I cut it and starting it. And then it just was fairly consistent with my mouth and smoking it and as it went along. The uh, actual wrapper was like very smooth as well as this one too, but yeah. What I'm asking, the reason I said that, is when you look at a cigar, right? I have talked about how when it comes to specifically cigars, and this is where it differs a little from whiskey and wine and beer, I think. Aesthetics on a cigar are what draw you to it right away, okay? The box, the label, the story that you can see with your eyes. When you pick the cigar up, and even before you light it, how the wrapper feels in your hand, right? When you cut it and you cold draw it, that's that first taste you're getting. That cold draw is the moisture of your lips on that wrapper with air coming through the unburnt tobacco, right? Abundantly, the first thing you're tasting is that wrapper. You know what I mean? It's the first thing that touches your palate before the smoke starts going, so your, your retro effect's not in, involved yet. The smoke flow is not involved yet. So it, it immediately, it's the look, it's the feel, it's the draw. You don't want to, there's a reason when wrapper leaf is selected for a cigar that so much of what may have been drawn for wrapper leaf will become filler, um, will become storage. Sometimes if it's too thick, it can become binder, right? You're getting into heavy you know, farm side sorting issue there. But there's a reason when wrapper is selected, it's depending on the blend, depending on the cigar, it's always the prettiest and most less flaw, flawless leaf that can be used on the wrapper, right? Because you've seen when I unroll cigars, binder always seems a little more rough, right? A little more rough. Fillers always bunched and, and put together before it's rolled. Kind you of know, like a xylophone. Yeah, but if not you, if a xylophone, you, but an accordion. It's wrapped an accordion. like an accordion. Yeah. Well, there's accordion rolls, entubado, and you, you have four or five different types of, of bunching you can use when rolling a cigar. But when you look at the internals of the cigar, you can see each of the components. You've seen me break them down. You've seen we've sat with Luciano and we've rolled each component. You've seen when you go from the filler, right, when you're smoking the Lajero, then you go to the Seiko and the Viso, the two binders that are used then you apply the wrapper to the top of it and it's this clean almost silky finish over the top of the cigar 
That's the cleanliness of that wrapper, the flawlessness, the elasticity of the, of the wrapper. That is why it's chosen that way. Number one reason for wrapper is the aesthetics and the, the use, right? It's got it's to work for the cigar. Well, this particular one is extremely smooth. And um, I think the spices and everything that I'm getting are, are more from the tobacco than they are this wrapper. Like I've got, a, we've, I've smoked a lot of them that, and, and ours don't have this for, per se, but a lot of them, um, whether it be a Maduro or a San Andreas or whatever, they've got a real toothy um, wrapper. Um, this one is just really smooth. And that's designed for the cigar when you build that up, you know? Uh, I just I want I want those I things tend to, to like start. That doofiness. I do too. Um, and, and this it is seems like there's a little more spice in the wrapper than what I'm getting off of this particular right. one. But it's got those things that I get in the wrapper. It's I'm getting in the tobacco in this one. Right. And I wanna and I wanna put this out there because what what I'm saying is not is not always the case. Yes, that ge that generic or general assumption can be true, right? When you look at, at Connecticut cigars, Monte Cristo White Label, uh, Monte Cristo Classic, Rocky Patel, um, Rocky Patel White Label, when you look at Davidoff, when you look at Macanudo Inspirado, Oliva Connecticut Reserve, um, what's another big one? Uh, Curly Heads, Refuente, right? Like when you look at these cigars, these Connecticut wrappers, yes, they are mild cigars. Now, when you look at a Maduro, right? And even though it's LFD and some of it's painted, when you look at some of the the DL series stuff, um, yes, those are medium to fuller bodied cigars. That's the blend and purpose on that, you know? But you can look at, you can have a Corojo wrapper that is the same damn shade context as an Ecuador Connecticut grown cigar, right? So you can have, you can take a, a um, Monte Cristo White Inspirado and put it next to a Corojo. And depending on the wrapper that was selected for that batch, they will be very close to each other. And you'll go from a very mild cigar to a very spicy, full strength cigar. You see what I mean? So the shade can't always be the context dealing. It can't, right? You can look at uh, the... And we have good... everybody do that, especially when they look at our cigars. Yeah, well, let me, What? Is, what's a good... Um, I wanna do the kind of the acid presence with like uh, Cuba Cuba verse, um, a good Maduro. Oh, I want to make a good comparison here. Oh, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't put a good. But you know, you look at Cuba Cuba, right? From acid, right? Maduro wrapper, you know, you look at that. That is a sweet bomb, right? Yes, it's the infusion, right? Smoke content comes out. Yes, it's a little stronger than a Blondie, but you take that against, uh, okay, just some size comparison, Inch Maduro from Ernesto Carrillo, right? Well, one wrapper that comes to mind that was distinctly different was that pig. Was that LDF? Who did the... Um... What, the Pravada pig? Or yeah. Ligo? Well, yeah. Ligo, there's a Ligo Pravada flying pig, and then LCA did the... Uh, barbecue pig. Well, that was the barbecue pig. No, Sumatra. That and that one was just a butter 
a buttery sweet bomb on yeah. that wrapper. Yeah. So I'm not saying that wrapper shade lighter to darker in times can be part of the component of a strength build in each of the cigars. I'm just saying not all the time does it mean that. You can't use a baseline teaching that says the lighter the lighter the wrapper, the lighter the cigar, the darker the wrapper, the fuller the cigar. You can't say that. Because it's just not true. Right. You know? But everybody thinks that. Not not everybody. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just seeing it more. Like I'm seeing it in reviews and well, and everybody that comes that and looks at ours and, and sees that dark wrapper on the um, on the Reaper, or it's like, wow, that's going to be a total spice bomb and heavy and everything. And well, that's where, in that case, you can jump down that rabbit hole. When strength versus body can start to compete against each other, depending on your palate, on what you smoke, you could you could smoke sixty four Nevisario Padrones, Maduros all day. Full, spicy, full-strength cigars, right? Body on them, not not too crazy. It's probably about an even par body of smoke that comes off it. If you're not used to a lot of combustion, and you're in a lounge, and you're sitting there, and you're drawing on that Reaper and pulling all that smoke in, and it's just leaving your nose, your mouth all at once, you could take, it can overpower you. It can be too much body, right? But that's, that's your... That's the, the, the taste. That's the build. That's the actual combustion, the flow of the cigar. That's not the feel of the cigar. You know what I mean? Like, if you fire up a, um, uh, the double digger from LFD, it's that seven whatever, double a hero, DL 700. Light that thing up and just start pulling on it, man. Bro, it goes straight to your head, big smoke, big full body, full strength cigar. You know? But you're not going to run into that same comparison. It's like when you take a number 92 bow Maduro Little Hammer versus a 1964 Exclusivo. I'm just picking on those two sizes because they're my favorite sizes so I, I can talk about it. The amount of body that comes off that number 92, number 92 bow already makes it feel stronger than a 64 in the Exclusivo size just because of the combustion you know i guess in my entire rant <laughs> what i'm getting at is yes sometimes shade and build can mean body or strength on a spectrum but the conversation needs to be had about the difference between body and strength based on wrapper shade you know yeah don't judge a book by the cover thank, ex thank you exactly you could just ran with that yeah Idea. He has never let it out. I don't know any of the breakdown on. I would bet something else. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, no. We're going to move something else? Yeah, I am. Go. No, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. Heck, we haven't had this out since 16. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is awesome. This is a cool experience for me, man. I haven't had, I told you, I haven't had many of these, many of these at all. Have you guys had Old Forster? You know, let us know. These are, I mean, not Old Forster, but Old Forster birthday bourbon. Right. Um, well, part so of me is always, well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't know, um, like I've been, I've been in restaurants or bars that have had it, you know, 65, 75 bucks. And I've only had two, I told you. I had Lit got it in ugh, sometime between 19 and 21. I had that one. I had a pour of that one. And then I had a little earlier. But they're even for people who sell a lot of bourbon. They're just hard to come by. I mean, yeah, there's allocated, and then there's some that are just very rare to even. There's see allocated, them. and there's no even point in allocating because you're not going to get a lot of it anyway. Right. Or they didn't make a lot of it. But, yeah, just on that note, I want everyone to kind of dig deeper into that, man. And actually, here's a really fun at-home or in-a-lounge kind of setting that you can do. Talk to your tobacconist or talk to the shop you're at or go online and do a little research. And if you're not a shop guy or girl and grab the most mild cigar you can find and then find the strongest cigar someone will sell you inside the same wrapper shade and smoke them together and say strongest and, and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to tell immediately. Remember, body is salivation let's talk that with the amount of smoke how heavy the smoke is how your draw speed will change based on how much smoke is coming out of the cigar then think about how you're feeling during smoking that cigar right a strong cigar a heavy lajero cigar mixed with a big powerful wrapper you're gonna feel it up in your head rather quickly you know right away that's your body acclimating to it um you know, a real silky, even kill cigar. That's that real mild cigar. That's the cigar you see that you're just smoking on. You're relaxing. You're enjoying your time. But sometimes there'll be great flavor transitions in it, and sometimes there won't. But it's a unique way that you can sit down and do it. It'll be a lot of fun. It's pretty much the same way with bourbon, too. I mean, how many times have we had something that's maybe 101 proof, and we taste it, and it's smooth you know typically with proof you're going to get a little burn but then um then some proofs um are so smooth and when you take it in it's just smooth all the way through and then maybe you'll get i don't even want to say a burn but you'll get a little heat down on the end when it's going down yeah um, well, that's a that's a great segue. I want I want to talk about the new barrel picks that Let's putting out this week. Um, remember the Rebel Distillers Collection and the Ezra Distillers Collection? Yes. That came out. Both of those are 120 proof, right? The Rebel is incredibly sweet. Lots of tongue contact. I don't find any oak or quote burn in that at all, right? Go to the Ezra. Right away, you get the barrel, the oak, or the heat, and then some of the sweetnesses start to come through. Right? Plug that plug that over to wrappers. Same company, same distillery. Few different mixtures in there, you know? But both of them at 120 proof. Distinctly different. Same way with Booker's. I mean, now we're up into the 124, 126, 128. And um, it's got 
that layered spices and it hits your tongue, it salivates, you feel it in your mouth, and then even going down, it's full. You can feel a little heat, but it, 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 it's just, um, I don't know how I, I, I've said it before, but I, it's just a real rich layered taste that goes throughout your mouth, through your palate, and then finishes. Um, yeah, it's very similar. I agree. So this week, um, you know, Lit went out and did the barrel snatching thing again. And uh, there are two really cool picks that are coming out this week. Um, there, one is another weeded cash strength. And then there's the first Old Elk ever finished this way. It is a cash strength rye. I think it comes, it's either 101.5 or 102.5. Something like that right inside there. Rum cask finished. Now, we have talked about on here the Redemption Rum Cask that I really like. The, it's Redemption High Ride Finish in Plantation Rum Barrels, which is great. I, I, I pretty much use that when someone's like, oh, I'm not really into whiskey. I pour that. Now you're into whiskey. Now we can move around from there, right? This, I only had a little sample of it. Let me tell you, it's got a crazy palate play to it. Lots of flavor. It's really good right up front. And then you, but you still find the rye in it. There's a little bit of spice, little bit of spice from the rye, but the rye spice takes over again. The in quotations that oak or barrel or heat. It's the actual taste of the rye. It's really good. Well, I really think good. with that rye too, it uh, you really, at, at least for my palate, you have to. Um, really play that rye well because too much rye for me is not uh is not good for me yeah um it, but just enough rye to know it's there and enjoy it um but again i think it's that layering of different flavor profiles within that that make it special for example like uh one of our favorite well a couple of them is yippee kaye and then the Willet, um, both are good rise. Yeah. And and what are those, six and nine year? Those ones we have, or four and nine year? Uh, I've got the green one. Which one? Of Willet, whatever the green one is, that's the one I have. Well, they, for a long time, there was, I could be mistaken, but I thought there was a four year that was out for a couple of is years. Is that the green one? I don't think there's been any change. It's just like they went from a four to a six. Oh, okay. Okay. So then I must have the four here. I must have the four here. Or maybe six. I guess I could look at it. I just mean like where the Willet, the Willet label is on there. It's hued in green. And because I know you said something about a purple one. Well, that the the new Willet purple is a, is I believe it's a weeded bourbon. Uh, this new one that they have out. And, oh, okay. But it's, it's not a rye. And then uh, I thought I thought that the the Willet the rye I thought that bottle was its rye's expression because you got the pot still right like the coolest bottle of whiskey yep. ever bottled. And then the um, I have a bottle of the rye wild turkey um, one. You got the one. We haven't drank it in a while. It comes in the big green box. Really, yeah. Nice. That's the master's keep. Master's keep. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. But again, they blended the rye to a point where it's not overpowering. You just got enough corn, enough malt, enough um, components in there that the rye is not overpowering. And, and that's what I enjoy. The same way with Peerless. Um, I've had some of their early ryes. I, I, it's just too much rye. But now they've, Peerless, like a lot of them, have just refined it and refined it to the rye and whatever obviously it's going to start with corn but you get the corn rye and then malt and wheat and how they can put all that layer together or you come into the bottle and bond rye right like new riff has done it you know new Um, riff is another good one yeah just like even that I've fallen in love with that Balboa, man. Shout out to Scooby Drew. He locked me down that bottle of Balboa. That, I've fallen in love with that. I bought that. He, he was at the store, and he saw it, and I got it, and I got home, and I realized that we've only drank like this much in my bottle of Balboa. Yeah, I have a full one. I didn't even I think I, I drank it with it. you. Wherever you got that, I drank it, and then I, I think I got one from Cat. Well, Steve. don't you remember? So I had got back from Louisville. We were smoking the Viajes at Third Shoot in Grafton. And I was going on about that new new riff I found. It was yeah. all over Louisville. It was called Balboa Ride. And then I found the story on it. I thought it was great. In the middle of us talking about that, I got the text from the Mad Russian. And he sent the picture of two bottles he had just bought. And I was like, go back inside and buy two more. <laughs> it was just one of those perfect timing situations. then I believe I did a little blend of rye that I have in a little bottle down there that came out pretty nice, which is always amazing to me. What but we need to do this Christmas, um, is our Scotch Infinity bottle still going down there? Oh, yeah. We need to pour it. And we'll do it this Christmas because four years ago we started that bottle. Yeah. With addition number four. Four, I think. McCallan number four. And then we did Rare Cast with some Highland Park Cast Strength. Um, yeah, we did a little bit of it. That'll be cool. The Infinity Bottle thing will be fun. Well, my skeleton, uh, he got a little wind over there. He's like hanging out oh, the he's window just hanging now. Hanging out the window, dude. Fun. Yeah, so we're excited about Grand Crew. That's going to be fun. Um, Cigar Ball's doing great. Lit's doing great. Um, when are we delivering product to the uh, bootlegger? He's already got it. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, okay. I told you I took it that next day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, bootle- bootlegger and apothecary in Washington, Missouri. Cool at... There's a lot of swanky, cool little lounges popping up. <clears throat> yeah. I like it. So, yeah, a lot of cool lounges that are popping up. It seems that a lot of fun stuff is still going on like, across the industry. Um, Rare Pinks did arrive today at Lit. Um, hopefully those will be available for people. Probably one per person. Um, but we had talked, and, and 
what is what is something new that you're getting really interested in in the cigar industry and that's that's something that that i was asked about again and i want to say that i'm really 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 excited with the way that i think a lot of these older companies um 20 minimum 20 years old are starting to fall back to their original i don't want to say values i don't think their values have changed but their original concepts you know getting back into them you know or or paying homage back to where everything started you know um I really, really like the lounge culture, how lounges are starting to grow again. But I want to loft this question up, and I'm going to kind of talk with the cowboy about it. When, when, are, are you a lounge every day kind of cigar smoker? Like, do you, when you smoke cigars, is your best experience when you're at a lounge? Or do you split your time between being at a lounge? Um, at home, at events, you know, the golf course always plays into that. Um, you know, do you, how do you spend your time in that manner? Um, I know this can be skewed for employees of lounges, tobacconists, shop owners, um, company owners, etc. you know, but I kind of wonder, you know, like I, I spend a lot of time in a lounge. You know, I'm, at, I'm at lit five and a half days a week. Um, and then occasionally I'll, I'll spend an hour or so after, after dinner, you know, we'll go up there and we'll hang out for a few hours, catch some music or catch a football game, you know, but I, I tend to find most of my smoking time when I'm not at the lounge, I think really takes place with my friends or with my family, um, either or by myself in the craft imperial offices. Just sitting there, going over the cigars, checking the cigars, seeing what's going on. You know, think about that for a minute. Hey guys, FFK here. Make sure to tune into every episode of Craft and Boodle. And don't forget that as listeners, you guys receive a 15% discount on the entire order when you shop at my store. Promo code CraftBoodle15. Once again, CraftBoodle15. Make sure you follow me at Instagram at ffk underscore stands so you can receive that discount and once again thanks for listening and thanks for enjoying the podcast you know it's something fun to think about so cowboy before you explain what that is and we we try some of that which i'm very thank you for today this 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 is amazing man this is uh definitely blown up thank you very much buddy um where do you spend a lot of your smoking time I was saying, you know, I, I always wonder this. Like, if, if are you a lounge person? Uh, God, I'd you like know, to be. You know, I talk about how, like, of course, I'm in the lounge five and a half days a week, right? Like, you know, so I don't always spend my time there. I'll spend an hour there every now and then. Sometimes after dinner we go up there or there's a party or an event or, you know, um, or we're in the craft girl offices or we're hitting shops, right? Spending time with the, the places that... They carry our product, and we check them out and spend time with them. Uh, but I think most of my time is spent, you know, on my patio or your patio or with friends or social events, you know. Like, I guess my question is, could you, 
and this will never happen. And I'm very happy with the brick and mortar experience. But I, I wonder if could you enjoy your cigar lifetime, your experience with cigars, your enthusiasm in cigars, your curiosity, your passion, if lounges didn't exist? Yeah, absolutely. I think so, because if you're that passionate about it, you're going to create an environment for you to smoke in. Um, and prime example is my 10 years I spent out in Utah when I started falling in love with cigars. Um, I My ranch was around 7,000 feet. And I always was curious because of the, uh, it's high desert. So because of the humidity level, which is very low, and with the um, altitude, how my cigars were going to react to that. But I kept them in a room in a humidor, and I even kept half the box down in, uh, in a humidor down in Salt Lake. But it all, uh, I, I think at that time, um, I was smoking them. You know, they weren't staying around a lot in my humidor, but I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't have a lot of places to smoke out there, but you could smoke anywhere. And even in the winter time, you know, on a good given day, it was not cold bearing. It was just beautiful 50, 55 sun, snow, not a lot of wind and you could smoke and we just smoked at the barn we smoked outside and it did not keep us from doing our smoking um and i think you just if you're passionate about cigars and smoking them, i think you find a way now is it easier and do uh, you have something to look forward to i think the camaraderie is better uh, when you go to a smoke shop where you can sit there with the local tobaccoist and or the guys in the shop that are well knowledge and you're smoking with them i think the camaraderie is what i think is more special about the smoke shop the fellowship that you create with the guys and then the people who are the tobaccoists and that and you can ask questions and learn a little bit more about what you're smoking and what you're liking and why you like it yeah So, um, yeah, I, you know, I just think, is it easier for guys to smoke when you got a bunch of smoke shops that you can go to and do it? And I think, again, especially in the winter, we're talking late December, January, February, March, things start open up. So there's that hard three months where it's freaking cold as hell and you're looking for a place to smoke because the outside is not available. But then yet, what did COVID do? COVID created a whole new area for smoking because a lot of these shops have spent the money to have outdoor tents where not all of them, but a lot of them you can smoke in or they have smoking sections, which are aerated enough, which is not a big deal. And and that has even opened up since COVID. That's so, true. At least for the St. Louis area, I find it not imperative that you have a smoke shop. But again, I think the fellowship and the knowledge that you gain by being at a smoke shop is good. Yeah, I agree. I think I think lounges 
one, being a brick and mortar, you're supporting someone's dream in their business, right? Like, you don't open a cigar lounge to be rich in a year. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You open a lounge because you're passionate about it or, or you're curious about it. And curiosity, I think, is the best But I don't passion. think you open a smoke shop to be rich to begin with. No, It's no. you're passionate about it. You want to share. Right. You enjoy cigars. You enjoy talking about them. You enjoy the fellowship. Most cigar shops develop a family. Yes. Of regulars yes. and whatever. So it is a communal thing where you guys get together and talk your bullshit and your banter, just kind of like we do on the podcast. Right. At your local place that you have found um solomon that you enjoy your fellowship with the guys that you have there right i agree I think so it's lounges, much more than a smoke shop kind of oh it is yeah and smoke shop i don't like i like lounges i like that 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 term because a cigar lounge does that a cigar lounge gives you an area a space where i hate to say like safe space but you're sitting with other cigar smokers other pipe smokers, right? Whatever your 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 not vice, but your passion. And inside that, you generate the camaraderie, right? You you learn, you get involved, you you create friends, you remember experiences, events, right? Events are insane. They're a lot of fun. You get to if you're a fan of a company, you get to meet, you know, an ambassador or a representative that is trusted by the family of that company. You get to do all of that, but. I just I remember like you know like being in Hawaii. There's there's a couple of lounges on Oahu, right? Two that, that you can pay for. But like going to Maui, there are no smoke shops. There's no cigar lounges. You know you got to smoke on your own. And and can you do that? You know being in Utah when we went from Salt Lake City all the way out to Moab and back. You know there weren't cigar lounges on the way that you could stop in. Right? Being in Moab, I think Moab would be one of the coolest damn places to put a cigar lounge. Would it work? I have no freaking idea. I don't know. But it was cool to be out at the the rig out campsites and you're sitting out there. Well, you're kind of at a year-round place. Even though they do get snow, the um, only reason I speak of it because I live there, um, it's a lot different than you see a winter here. Out in Moab, Utah, and that's high desert. The, The humidity level is very low. So even throughout the winter months there are days that you know you've got a, a light jacket on and you're enjoying a cigar and it's fantastic sure but the sun goes down and it's 19 degrees true it's the desert true you know so well my point was is it was cool to see you know everyone enjoying cigars like we ran into a bunch of cigar smokers like we all ended up pulling our bands together and you know kicking like a bunch, a bunch of hobos it was great man it was, it was a lot of fun um but then you see the creativity that people take in. Like our boy Joe from Jono's. Uh, he's got a, a tent that he puts on his patio. They can hold about two, three people. And he's got a heater in it. And, but he's out there doing cigar reviews in eight-degree weather. You know? It's really cool. And the lounge draws that experience all together. And I, I think that I wish there were more cigar lounges. Not necessarily like we're in St. Louis. But in, in the areas, around the areas, you know, in, in areas where you don't have a lot. But I, I always wondered that, you know, because I've met people that they're frequent shoppers in lounges. You'll see them once or twice a week, maybe three, four times a month, but they never sit in the lounge. They go home. And I've been curious about that idea. Just 
wonder what it is about that that they don't want to do something like that you know just curious i'm throwing that out there for you guys to kind of give your give your thoughts on it and see what you think you know curiosity taking fold there so let me know what you guys think you're listening to stone tribe on the craft and puro podcast download our brand new song island time and help us raise money for united cerebral palsy 25 percent of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch. So moving on from that, that's a cool idea to think about. Um, tell you what, man, football's getting interesting. I know you're not a fantasy guy, but come on, man. What was that game last week, dude? Chiefs Bills, bullshit. Well... You know, I always look at the Chiefs and the Bills are so equally. Um, if you look at the stats, their numbers, everything, they're so equal. I always feel like there's just a little bit of the it factor for uh, for the Chiefs. Like, it it's totally lines up just like I thought. The last minute, here we go. You know, all I got to do is go down jump in the end zone and they win it again and he just for the first time um, misdirected got a little hurried and threw a bad one so that's all right I mean we were right there so now get him next time I think if I'm not mistaken we lost to him last year um, and got him in the playoffs so focus on what you do well cheers buddy yeah. why don't you uh let me know what this bad boy is. We had this recently, didn't we? Well, I'm not so sure that... I'll tell you this, you got the kingpin of old Forcer sitting here right now. Yeah. Kingpins. Um, this particular one is an old Forrester single barrel, barrel string, and it's 128.5 proof. Um, it's perfect is what it is. And guess what? We talk about... Um, where in the rick we're on the second rick floor level two so of course this is going to be it's going to be layered with a lot of sweetness and i have another one that's very similar to this one but different and it was the wildwood barrel pick um am i thinking wildwood social barrel dogwood pick? Social. or dogwood, dogwood social, I, yeah. I, yeah dogwood i always forget that but I always liked that and ran up there and tried to buy one. And uh, they were about, by the time I heard about it and drank it, it was over with. But um, in general, I like Old Forester. It's not my greatest, but these, these single barrels, the barrel strengths, the barrel picks, the birthday bourbons, they're absolutely fantastic. And again, this was gifted to me through uh, Paul Cass, our little bourbon get together. Um, he always kind of helps me out get something on the show and um, so we had the last of this to put on the show but kind of an old forester name yeah I guess so not mad at it though I've actually come back to old forester man you know not so you know I was, I was a huge statesman fan and Scooby Drew kind of locked down a bottle of that for me too and then I actually wreck it rusty Two, three years ago now 
Wahine and I went up to Herman for that weekend, remember? Our anniversary? And uh, I'll never forget this. My signal sucks out there on my phone for whatever reason. And um, and um, I walked by our, our little Airbnb or, or, or apartment that we got. Um, was right up the street from Hog's Breath. Or Hog's Head Cigars. Hog's Breath, Hog's Head Cigars. Um, and... We walked down, we're walking over to um, Blackshire Whiskey is right connect is connected to, not Montel. Uh, what's the big winery right there when you pull into Herman? Herman, Herman Hoff? Herman Hoff. Herman Hoff. I want to say it's owned by Deerbergs. Oh, okay. I don't a lot know of that, that. like where the, that when you come into Herman, a lot of the area has been restored with like, old vintage cabins and houses yes. and all yes. that and then the Herman Hoff with the gold labeling and the fencing and I think that's Herman Hoff owned by Deerbergs I believe okay didn't know that um Bob Smoker Cigar walking down there get in we get a bottle of wine we're sitting there listening to some music and I get this text that comes through and it's Rusty he goes are you in Herman I'm like yeah and then about 20 minutes later, again, another text comes through. I think when I saw this big bearded guy walk by with a Dixon on, I mean, there's only one guy I know. So I come back. He was actually doing an event at um, Hog, Hogshead. Hogshead. And so we go in there. We sit down. We're having some cigars. And... And um, we're sitting there, and he pulls out the Old Forester Rye. It's in the stumpier style bottle, you know, the smaller style bottle. I had never had it. I very much enjoy that ride. I like that bottle. I like it a lot. Well, I very much enjoy Herman. It's just finding like a day like today to be up there and be able to spend the night. They've got some really unique bars and cellars up Dude, there now that are just fantastic. One of my favorite places there. We went there. We were just following the music that night. I'll never forget this. We had got done. Um, hogs had to close. Sitting out on the patio around the fire, the place we stayed and having a cigar. It's like, let's go find music. I was like, all right, let's just follow the music. Just kind of walk out to the main road and we're listening. We hear music and we find Fernway Distilling. And uh, Burnway is amazing. It's a uh, German, nor- uh, German nomadic kind of Viking Down more ruin. down by the river. Yeah, kind of Viking ruins. Fernway means direction, so all direction points towards Fernway. Go in there, awesome little distillery in the front. I bought a bunch of shit. <laughs> Glasses and mats and other cool stuff. Their whiskey was good. And then you get in the elevator and you go up to the second floor and there's a bar. It's probably about, the bar's about that long from like the bathroom to the garage door there. And then probably the length of the bathroom, there's some seating inside. And then you walk out on this L-shaped patio. And everyone's outside, there's a bunch of people smoking cigars. Little little guy with the guitars playing in this little corner stage on the balcony. And we just sat out there for, until like 11.30, just listening to music, smoking, dancing. Like it was super cool. Super, super cool. Well, undoubtedly, this is the best month of the year uh, for me. I mean, things are changing, the temperatures are great, humidity is low, and if you live in St. Louis, 
we all deal with humidity. And I mean, this weather that we're experiencing now, this is Utah weather. I mean, seriously. And then you get the little bit of the wind, you get those southern winds that come up through the mountains, and and then the wind dry the wind dies and the sun goes past the mountains and you better get a damn hoodie on because it gets chilly. But the days are just like this. 68, 70 this time of year, and just like this. It's crazy. It's crazy. But us Missourians love bitching about our weather. Oh, it's hilarious. Well, I'm enjoying the hell out of this cigar. This is fantastic. One thing I'm going to give this track, that we, we didn't do this, so we didn't, you know, sometimes on the podcast, we'll, we'll go, even hanging out, we'll, you know, have a little bit of this bottle, get another bottle, you know, just a bunch of different things, right? Just try them as we go. This cigar has been great with both of these. And they're strikingly different whiskeys. What is, what is the birthday bourbon proof tab? Um, I want to say a 118. 97. Really? 97 proof. And look look at the color of that. That's not like honey amber. That's crazy. Yeah. That's but, a really cool bump. Isn't it hard? Isn't it crazy? That when these you look are the at the color of this, bottles? it's almost the same. These are the same size bottles. They're both 750. Yeah. That's wild. So when you look at a Blanton's bottle and then you look at a Happy 23 bottle, both 750s. You know, look at a Willet bottle. Look at a Willet pot still bottle versus a Willet rye. They're both 750s. But or you can get the big pot still one. I still want to get one of those. Things like this tall. <laughs> now, in tasting both of these, this one is at. Uh, let me see. 128.5. 128. So we're right up there with Booker's now. Yeah, we're at the top of Booker's there. I find this to be a tad sweeter, a little more sweet and spice, and not necessarily a burn, but a little more heat. I'm not really getting a whole bunch of oak or wood or anything like that. Just nice, rich flavors. Of this is warmer, like on your nose, but it's not, it's not a it's not a burn, right? It's not like Maker's Mark that that cooking, like that the 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 actual like ethanol or alcohol feel like oh shit like that i would choose this bottle over the birthday one i would too proof you know but me. Yeah, again but you know this is but like what we did preference but we did the 2018 little book on sunday for the game and we jumped right over larceny barrel proof Went straight because remember I pulled the pin Ooh, hook out. Larceny I pulled that pin hook good. out, and you're like, "Up, oh, whatever." This is, uh, like, this is like marshmallows. We were going big, <laughs> and then I pulled it. You're like, "Oh, okay, that'll do." Like, yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> if you want to go big heat, baby? I'll bring the wave. <laughs> but no, I think it's very wow. Is that like a weird little butterfly? The butterfly, not a weird butterfly. Um, it's a butterfly. Well, you don't see a lot of butterflies anymore. Um, Are the butterflies dying? I think the old Forester day for this was a good pick. I do. I appreciate uh, that a lot, man. Like I told you, birthday bourbon stuff. That's another one of those. Like, so I told you my, my Victor's 10-year ride. That's my unicorn. I, I want as much of that as I can have where I can drink it every day. Well, I'm glad I was able to get it. I know that. that's not possible for me. Um, I don't have those monetary funds. 
But uh, I am very happy to have that bottle. That bottle gets touched. But here's so the thing. Often, but and this is the, and honestly, this is the way I believe it, uh, and it's true. That bottle of birthday bourbon, I've had it since sixteen. This one and that one, we put it away, and two years later. We're having a podcast and we're drinking it again, and it's as good, if not better, than it's ever well, been. Well, of course, that's of course. what I. That's why I don't um, totally um, just go crazy about the price because I know it's going to be shared many, many, many times over, especially with guys who can appreciate. And we can sit down and talk about the love of the flavors and everything, just like we're doing today. Um, it's fantastic. Um, now, wine is a whole different animal. I mean, two glasses of wine, me and you, and that bottle's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I talked about that the other day. I was having that conversation again with a, a local rep. And uh, we were just shooting the shit. Ran into him, and there was a cigar ball. Yeah, it was the other day. And he was like, man, he said the same thing. He's like, you know what I love about bourbon? He's like, you could open it. Have two, three, four glasses. And then like eight months from now, open it again. Have two, three, four glasses. Then eight months later, have two, three, four glasses, and the bottle's gone. He's like, you know, my wife opened a bottle of, of wine last night. We just had a glass. Now it's just sitting there. And I started laughing. He's like, what's funny? I'm like, dude, you're literally like copying what I'm saying. And I'm not saying it to you, but you're copying what I've said. But that's the thing with wine, right? I wanted some wine last night. Open a bottle of Disciples. Right, watch some two scary movies. Well, <laughs> two scary movies, some weak ass horror movies. And uh, I had you know three glasses of wine in four hours. Now I got this bottle of disciples open that's got you know glass and a half or two glasses in it left. And I'm like, I'm not feeling wine today. <laughs> you know, like I, I I don't know. So it's 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 just there, and I love that. That's the one of my favorite bottles. You know, it's got the ram's head on the ram's skull on it. And yep. like that, that leather tan color, you know, nothing. It's again, it's nothing crazy. It's like a sixty dollar bottle of wine, you know. And wine price, I think that's low, you know. Um, but to your point, like in bourbon, I get it, man. Look, there's been times where I've been, I've been offered like, hey, four hundred dollars for the bottle, and I look at it the same way. Okay, I'm like, well, I can buy it now, and we're not gonna touch it for a while. Then we're gonna touch again a while later, and a while later. But it's like. What am I gonna do? Like I, I, like what am I gonna do with that right now? You know. But that's why I like so much, especially now in the bourbon industry, and even even in cigars. This is gonna reflect too. I do know that the price in cigars is going up, but we've talked about that before. The the company increases every year. You know, you're gonna add between a nickel and a quarter on your cigar probably every year. Hopefully, there's gonna come a lull where for a couple of years prices don't get too much higher. Um, but there's so many bottles of bourbon. I was having this conversation yesterday about Jefferson's Ocean. And uh, Paul, one of the guys asked me, he said, do you like Jefferson's Ocean? I was like, dude, the agency stuff is great. Love it. I just found out they did an agency ride, which I haven't had it. I'm going to get it. going to try it. But I was like, dude, Jefferson's Ocean. I walked into a Schnooks about five years ago, and I found Jefferson's Ocean Reserve. It comes in this awesome, you remember this bottle? It came in that awesome gold or like tin gold container and you pulled the bottle out and had the yeah. wooden top on it. That is like basic Jefferson's Ocean. <laughs> like that is flagship Jefferson's Ocean. 
Now there are other ver- like single barrels oh and things God, like that. Probably dude, that different. bottle that bottle's like thirty eight dollars. It is a great bourbon. It falls right in line with that Woodford Reserve four rows of single barrel, four rows of small batch, uh, Buffalo Trace. Um, uh, what's uh, I guess you could put that's like that. We'll say Jack Daniels Maker's Mark. Those entry level skews into the expressions that extend past that. Yeah, it fits right in there. It's right there, and it's it's amazing. And it comes in the coolest damn container. I turn it into a piggy bank. I think the the co-founder or the founder of Jefferson is going to be here at Chinook signing bottles tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, that's because they're going to be, he'll definitely tomorrow, because he's going to be at St. Louis Bourbon Festival yeah. tomorrow night. Oh, damn, I keep fucking my mic up. <laughs> well, listen, it's such a great time of the year, especially with bourbon. And literally, go, traveling from bourbon, Tatawahe, the Monster Series, and then about this time, too, you want to hit one of the wineries one or two days uh, late October, early November before it all falls apart. But and get up into wine country, which is Defiance, Augusta. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of wineries around St. Louis now. There used to be about 75. Now there's probably 250. Just like distilleries, just you know like that would sound houses. insane, but I think I think that's right. I really do. Hey, let's talk about King's Barrel, man. That's what it's called, right? Barrel King. Oh, Barrel King. Barrel King. Yeah. Uh, do you have one of those? I do. Let's okay. Let's after this, can we do one of those? Yeah, sure. And talk about that. It's where we're yeah. we're gonna be today. Uh, yeah. So you know, pray, hey, prayers and thoughts up to is it you? I haven't met them yet, so yeah. So I don't want to talk a lot about why we got canceled today, just because I, you know, I, we were going to do a podcast at, uh, there today, and what it's called Old Road Spirits, Old Road Craft Spirits, um, and I probably messed that up, but it's it's Old Road Spirits, or Old Road Crafted Spirits, I believe, and what they do is they put out a product called Barrel King, and. What they do is, is they are going out and buying barrels of bourbon and they are finishing them and adding value to what they've already bought. And um, I've had um, at least once or twice now that I've been there and have sampled some of their product and it's absolutely fantastic. I had um, something there the other day that was finishing it. a barrel which I can't I don't want to say it yet because I don't know that it's been released there was like a two-week I don't know if we're under it but really excited about doing stuff with Old Roads Craft Spirits uh, down in Bourbon Missouri and um, this is an up-and-coming place that they're doing some blending and some finishing that I think are going to be unique to Missouri and I think it's going to be a great thing um, I brought back uh, a couple of them, me and Mark have tried them, have been super impressed. We had a podcast uh, today there, and it got canceled because of some family reasons, but um, we are definitely going to have a relationship with them and do some stuff down there with them. 
And uh, so we're excited about that. And um, uh, the first names of the owners is Rachel and Jared. And um, just super good people. And a super unique place, which what a greater place to do it than in bourbon missouri the thing that freaks me out is is i'm so tagged to bourbon you know when i'm in the town i forget it's bourbon it's like the bourbon laundry uh shack or something i'm like what was that the bourbon shack and they're like oh it's the laundry oh it's bur it's like you know to pair or right. kirkwood laundry right. and i keep thinking wow and i think there's only one bar in town. Well, it's my, a very small town. My very exciting thing about them is they're taking the Dave Pickerel route, right? And, you know, when you think about Whistlepig and you look back at Whistlepig, when Dave Pickerel first started doing all that, he was sourcing from MGP. He'd go get his rye, he'd get his bourbon, then he'd bring it back to Pennsylvania, and they'd be like, hmm, okay, let's put our uh, Dr. Frankenstein glasses on, and let's uh, put this and that and age it here, then take it from there and put it in this, age it here, da 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 Bam! Bottles out. You know? And they've got the... cool. They win on bottle. Period. It is... It's an old Forrester bottle. Right? Well, we'll bring that bottle out and see what we see, think. You know, it's... It's silver and black. It says bare... Oh, it's, it's just... It's... Enough detail for you to want for it. Which is incredibly awesome. I really, really like it. I'm sorry, man. We got dudes in overalls with no shirts on playing banjos on TV. The wrong kind of Halloween. Yeah. And these guys are actually pretty damn good. They've been in town a couple of times. And I wanted to go see them. But they use, like, um, in their uh, percussion... They'll use like um, where they um, hit and bend metal. What do they call those? Um, um, Anvilries or whatever they where they that big heavy duty an, anvil where they pound. You know, like a blacksmith. Swords. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, anyway, they use like ding ding. They'll take an old time wrench and they'll take that at, uh, anvil and they'll bing bing and the, you know it's some really great. And create stuff. their own kind yeah, of sound and, and movement their own percussion with just shit around the barn and whatever, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. There's a lot of fun. So speaking of advent calendars, I know I talked about this earlier. I brought up Oliva, but Lit Cigar Lounge has all the Oliva calendars, and um, you know, and of course, thank them, thank you to their continued support and following on the podcast and everything we're doing. We're very excited about next yeah, podcast. Yeah, not for there. nothing. I mean, we're are we at our two year anniversary? Are we passed with them. We already did that, bro. Yeah, two year anniversary yeah, with them, and Lit has been really good to us. I mean, I remember walking in there. Um, so we're at three years in December at lit yeah and uh we did a podcast with brian and dana of course dana probably wasn't on too much but and we got, even, she said hi we got her to say hi yeah yeah but he was like hey i really like you guys and uh would love to have you guys here and let's do a locker with you guys and do a podcast a month and boom the rest is history 
yeah it worked out a great like relationship that. with them uh, it's, it's been awesome man i mean it really has um let's go has become known as their their staple lounges man like when you know when when i first got in missouri there was a there were staple lounges in missouri there was stanley's grand crew the hill and outlaw cigars like if you were in the state of missouri there are four lounges you had to hit right yep now there's Lit Cigar Lounge, Grand Kansas Crew, City. The Hill, Stanley's, La Cultura, Outlaw, and maybe even Outlaw Brewery. So now that's grown from four staples that you've got to hit to seven. And Lit wrapped up inside that entire thing. Turn it around um, here so I can say, my wife Jane I's in with our little uh, Ezra. Ezra, what's up, buddy? Yeah, and hi Jack. Oh, Jack! Our little, our little mountain dog. Now he's a lowlander dog, but you know he's always one little guy. I was a little trip to go around the thing. Yeah, hey. You know, it's really cool to see that grow into that. That's a hundred percent because of you know staff, dedication, ownership. You know, they put on a hell of a hell of a gig, man, and it's it's been great to be a part of it. Yeah, really and they're only going up. Only going up. And the vibe's not changing. That's the coolest thing. You know, you know, like you've, you've seen businesses, right? And we'll step off line. You've seen businesses that start small, they do great for the community, then they grow. And then, like, the whole attitude changes, the target direction changes, um, you know, their, 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 their notions, their movements, design, everything changes. It's like, yo, know, let's get ready to be one of the largest humidors and lounges in the state and the vibe is staying the same it's just bigger which is super cool and the district is kicking off man i'll tell you what uh, you know the band paramore the band paramore yeah they started in like 2002-2004 okay well they played they played at the factory i think two weeks ago shop closes i'm leaving for the night it took me 45 minutes to get from the shop to cybergs on chestnut airport road that concert was every square space of that showroom was sold out wow have you been in there yet no we got it oh, we were gonna go to the dirty head show this year but that guy can't we got it we got to find a show all want to go to general admission tickets anywhere from 27 to 35 dollars what I love about that venue is, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, Ezra. Look, you just waved hi. and said hi. Hi, buddy. And uh, you get into that venue, and you know the problem, like when we went and saw uh, Revolution, right? Yeah. You had to kind of come out of the stands, go outside to get a drink and come back. There are nine bars inside the factory, and with the exception of one of them, no matter what bar you're at, you never leave the show. Cool. It's super cool, man. It is so well put together. The factory is that, you know, there's something to be said. Like, you've been to Red Rocks, right? I, I, it's, it's amazing. I know people have been to stadium shows. But there's something to be, like, I really like that amphitheater we saw Revolution at. I, I thought it was really cool. But the factory is, they built that thing perfectly. It is. It's an amazing, amazing music space. Well, I'm excited to go there. I was wanting. I could have swore uh, 
Oh, uh, it was Billy Bob Thornton, maybe the Tribadors or whatever. Yeah, that was, was last there. year. And I was wanting to get to that. It didn't. And um, I don't know, man. You just got so much going on. You just got to schedule out some time and hopefully you can make it. And um, But the shows that I've got to go to this year, I love each and every one of them. They've been great. Yeah, live music's always great. Always great. God, I would love to have somebody here this afternoon. It would have been fantastic. Just a guy. You know, like, all you need is a guy who can play some stuff. And then, you know, there's the guys who just have a guitar and can keep you entertained and they're good. And then there are the guys of, who can lay down tracks. My most... It's just amazing as well. He like is Keller single-handedly Williams. one of my most favorite local musicians. John Shanahan. He plays it lit once a month. I want to say I think he's the second weekend every month. Second or third. That is a guy with a guitar and a speaker. And he can do ev- everything from reggae, ska, to country, to rock, to punk rock, to jazz. And it's him on a guitar. He is so talented. Yeah. It's amazing. Do we know a guy like that? Like I know John Shannon. <laughs> uh, the other guy that comes to mind is Willie Nelson. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, does he have, like, every album in every category? I, I don't know anybody like him that's, like, mainstream. Well, I say this, that like... That can do a Frank Sinatra think, album. He can do a reggae album. He can do a country a album. raspy voice. I say this, the same thing I say about Jimmy Buffett. They're not talented singers. They're good musicians. But I think people have fanned around them for so long because of the experience during the concert you know what I mean like Jimmy Buffett's got parrot heads all over the damn country you know the parrot head convention in Key West every year brings tens of thousands of people I know now I they're all on AARP plans but they're there you know it's that kind of idea like you go to a Willie Nelson concert to get stoned and listen to good country music I think or get stoned to hear good country I don't know one of those things you know nothing wrong with that Oh, sweet. So he's got inside the ashtray, uh, like when it's windy, he's got a, I do believe it's probably a cigarette ashtray, but it is like a pan with a, a lid on it. And you drop the lid down, and so it's been windy out here, so we've got no ash anywhere. We've dropped the the ash into it, and you just put the lid down, and it fits right inside that Tatuaje ashtray. So that's been really good. All right, talk about it, buddy. Well, when I met Jared down there, he he was, like, working this sample. This... Um, is juice that he got from, I'm assuming, and I always get this mixed up, MPG, MGP, MGP, and it's probably aged over six years, and he is working on a finish with a heavy char on a straight rod. 
and this is what he's got in this bottle. So you've got six years, and then he has finished it, uh, a six year straight ride, and then he's finished it with a little more heavy char on it. And I tried it, and I was like, and you can see it. See it, see it? Oh yeah. Is it chill filtered or non-chill filtered? None. None? Yeah. We'll get a picture of that for you guys. We'll show everybody on the Patreon on the after hours too. Yeah, if you guys want to catch some more fun from uh, Craft and Puro or patreon.com slash Craft and Puro, it's $3 a month. Um, jump on that. And uh, that's where we do all our video content, our newsletters, early releases, swag, things like that. So you can jump on there and check that out. All right. What are you being for Halloween? Um, well, you know, I, the last two or three years, I've done um, um, I've done makeup like the Joker. I've done. Um, I was Woody. Yeah, but you didn't have makeup for that, <laughs> did you? For Joker, absolutely. For Woody. For Woody. Woody, I didn't. But then I went to a little makeup with some shit bolts in my neck. I shit. did makeup last year for Jack Skellington. This year, we're going to be skeletons. Are you? Yes. Okay, well, because we... I, I know you had said kind of what you were thinking. And I was like, I was looking for something easy because we got a lot going on. Something that we could enjoy and have fun with. Not makeup, but we'll come up with something fun with it. But I bought, like, uh, uh, skeleton outfits for nice. me and my Galio. We're doing uh, Dia de Muerte. So we're doing, she's going to be a Calavera, which is a female Day of the Dead. And then I'm going to be in the same, I'm wearing a Mexican sombrero suit. <laughs> um, I've got my big hat, and uh, I've got motion makeup for my face. So I'm not, obviously I'm not shaving, right? But the makeup fits my cheekbones and my eyebrows so when my expressions move and i talk it looks like the skeleton is moving with my face i saw those online and i almost bought one they, they have skulls that you can that they move with your mouth and, what, and i thought you had a jack skeleton i did like have that. a jack skeleton one but i was gonna have to shave oh and okay. i'm not about that life so yeah you know but um Anyway, so, yeah, and then the funny thing is, is I was online the other night, and the Azul that we like, they just came out with a new Azul, like Day of the Dead. It's like uh, an Azul all decorated like the Day of the Dead. It's not new. That's the extra Añejo. It's got the purple, the green, and the yellow. Yeah, it's a... um, So, I'll never forget... But I was thinking about you as like, God... (laughs) That'd be cool to have with our My first deal. visit to Fox Cigar Bar in Scottsdale, in the, I think it's the Glencoe location, I think. I walk in, they've got, uh, you know, McCallum, you know, my origin was a McCallum guy. They got McCallum 30, number number six, and 45. I asked about the cost on 30, 300 some. Number six is 300 some. And then they have every Azul. So they have the Blanco, which is the clear bottle. The Reposado is the bottle that we drank, the blue and white bottle. You have the gold, which is the black bottle with the gold accents. Then you have the Añejo, and the Añejo is black and purple. 
And then you have the extra Añejo, which is the Day of the Dead bottle. That's it's charcoal black with purple, green, yellow, and it's very ornate. Yes. I had a bunch of the Reposado, which was like $18, $19, no big deal. And I was like, what do you think about that extra Añejo? $600 a pour. And I was like, no, uh, Reposado uh, it is. <laughs> I hope that our viewership gets to a point where maybe we don't have to actually purchase a whole bottle that our viewership would earn us uh, some samples because there's so much good stuff out there that I would like to try on the show and tell you guys about. And uh, maybe we're close. Maybe we're close. Yeah, but I don't ever want. I don't ever want something just thrown out. I, I want. We, I want to work with people. Well, you know? I'm just saying, if we could get some samples in and try it and talk about it, and you know, we're like, wow, this is like worth digging down the rabbit hole to try to find a bottle of this, um, because there's so that much stuff out so there. So good. There's so it much. It doesn't stuff even out taste there. like rye. Well, it's way different from where we just oh yeah up. we took a hard left turn like we just got off the old forester train and we walked across the platform and now we're on the ride train and you know i'm just like hell yes uh bye bye to old forester train now we're on the ride train right the ride train just left the station and we're on a new ride 100 percent. and this is in the barrel. We'll show this off in the after hours for the Patreon, too. And we'll get a picture for the Instagram as well. But it's it's something else. And here's the crazy thing. This is not even out there. This is for your eyes only. This was a sample bottle gifted to me for our show. And uh, we were going to talk more about it today. But might as well get it going. Um, I just think Barrel King has got some great ideas. And, um, and it's nice, finally, driving through Bourbon, Missouri. Now I just need a cigar shop to open in Cuba, Missouri. And it will be, we'll finally nail it. I know the funny thing about Cuba is The like, first time I came to Missouri and I drove out to Rolla. best bourbon clubs and then have Cuban, like have a cigar shop in Cuba with every kind of cigar you can think of it just it just look i i understand the area i understand where it's at and i i I, you know i understand how this whole thing works but i was like damn why don't you play on the name it's cuba missouri right you could do cuba cigar company leave the end off it would just draw attention because people see the word cuba and think cuban push people in the door but I understand that. But can you guarantee... Like, that's a small town. It's not not huge. No. Can you guarantee there's enough traffic, traffic coming off that highway to well, generate your business? the nice thing about Cuba, it is the airway to all um, good times as far as summer, right? Because all the canoe trips, all the wazoo, Gasconade, all the... And, and believe me, I'm talking, and I don't know canoes, like, for shit. But the rivers that everybody through the summer goes down and camps and does all comes through Cuba, Steelville, um, the Wazoo, or the, uh, the uh, 
I, I and, and I'm probably not even saying that correctly because I'm not a a, a a small waterway rat or a canoe guy, but yeah, it's a great area. It's fantastic. It's like that's where people go to canoe and do their shit here in Missouri. I get it, but that is that is significantly different and it's significantly cool. I like it a lot. I love, I love the whole idea of it. Dude, so it's been a Tadoahe start to this day, man. We haven't gone to the second cigar yet. This track, again, again, third different pour. This thing is holding on. But now that I'm down here, there's, there's probably two and a half, three inches left on this cigar. Remember that, that crystalline, that pop rock spice I was talking about in the Monster Mash? It's here, man. There is, there is a solid, and Joe, you'll enjoy this, a white pepper bouncing around on my tongue. Yo, know, the way he described that, that citrus spice, this is like a zested orange with just pepper all over my tongue now, which is great. I'm, it's what I'm going for. I love it. The beautiful thing about that and what I think we do that I enjoy is I didn't uh, read any reviews or anything about it. Um, and even with, like, the Las Caveras uh, 21... I smoked that three times. The what color? Oh, the purple? The purple. Yeah, yellow. And I, no. Yellow was 21. Okay, purple was so 20. maybe I'm thinking 20. Purple was 20, yeah. So I smoked that. The the yellow was more Cuban-esque for me, but the, the purple, I smoked that three fucking times before I really got it. And I, I think that's legit because sometimes... You know, depending on where you are, how you're feeling, what you do, you need to smoke some of these cigars two or three times before you put a true evaluation on. Kind of like bourbon, too, because we open a lot of new bottles, and I don't like to talk about bottles that we've just opened because I think once they... It's like when you open the bottle, you give life. And then when you give life, it starts becoming its own. I've drank that... Uh, birthday bourbon a couple different times initially and it's as good as I've ever tasted it today as well as the other one dude that birthday bourbon was mellow and had great um, you know we've moved on to bigger proof stuff now but I should have said this earlier what stuck in my mind about that bottle is it was just an even drinking whiskey right like you you could I don't know how to say I think whiskey drinkers get this. Like you could feel the age on it, or you could taste the age on it, but there, was, there wasn't anything incredibly contrasting in it, you know? There was no big high point that just explodes, right? My thing with this rye from Barrel King, there's a lot of back-end sweetness on this, but right away, there's no rye spice. The, it's, it's like the proof of it touches your tongue and then it heats up into a sweetness there's no spice from the rye there's not even there's not even that um granular sweetness you get in like a sazerac right where it's like it's like in sazerac i always get a really cool like honey taste in it that's almost like flavored sand if that makes sense it kind of bounces across as it goes down there's like speed bumps as you drink it not here not here in in the barrel can and 
Another thing about this particular pour, it all sits on your tongue. When you um, throw it up in there and you chew it around like I do, give it a little air, it all stays there in the palate. When it goes down, I'm not getting a lot of go down. I'm getting it's all staying up in the, you know, in the room there. Oh, like that 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 fresh palate kind of pour we've talked yeah. about. I mean, we're talking about the proof of it, which is high. And I'm getting no heat, no nothing on the down. It's all staying around and partying in my mouth. This ride does. And this cigar is killing it now, man. Killing it now. And you know what's crazy on this track? The wrapper on this thing is a... Uh, Habano Maduro? Habano Pro, I think. It's a blended wrapper that's on the draft. Wow. I might have to look that up. It's a Habano something that's on it. But I'm excited. I'm done smoking these. I've got one more to smoke. I've got five left in the box. Um, I've got five Frank left in the box. I've got a couple of each of them hanging out. Um, I'm not going to... I'm going to try not and touch these. Until Pete is done with all of the track reduxes, or I'm sorry, the monster reduxes. And once they're all done, you know, so it's going to take another 10, 12 years. Once they're all done, come back and start again at Frank, Drac, Wolf, Jason, or with the order. I think it's Jason, then Wolf, or Wolf, then Jason. Faces in a couple of years. That one I'm excited about. That's my favorite monster of all time was well, the face. Well, I think I have one um, Robusto of the face left out of the, uh, that I haven't smoked yet. The Monster Mash? Yes. yes. But I enjoyed the shit out of that. Uh, that was that was actually, I think that was a um, I know we talked about it a couple years ago and it came out. But that blend, or that, that, that not that blend, sorry, that release in that box to give everyone, and I almost wonder, you know, we'll ask this. We're going to have Pete, Casey, and Dan on uh, in December or January. I want to ask him this question, but I wonder if the idea for the Reduxes wasn't even around then, and he was just putting a Monster Mash out as a monster release. Well, we're like but that seven was years so behind cool. on some of this shit. So cool. On what? When I go back and look at Monster Boxes, I'm... Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, oh, dude, I start I, go back and look at all these boxes, man. I've told you we've this. missed a lot I, of shit. We have missed shit. I kick myself in the ass for when these boxes released seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Instead of the three sticks I bought, we're like just catching on midstream. Why didn't I buy these boxes? You know what I mean? Like when I got my first Wolfman, I bought three sticks out of the face box. Why didn't I just buy the box? That's what I do with myself now. I'm like, why didn't I just buy the yeah, box? Yeah, but economically, maybe it wasn't possible. Oh, it wasn't. But, it wasn't. But, but you know. And I get that. But I'm just saying, we are uh, a little bit behind. I mean, I think I caught the groove right around uh, Frank. I guess Frank was my first box. Well, no. I'm Your sorry. Your redux stuff. Uh, um no, you smoked Skinny Monsters with me three, four years ago. Yeah, but then I guess my first full box was the um, 
the white box, the uh, Karloff, Karloff, the the one-off monster. So Karloff, Frank, and now Drac. But when you go back and I look at the boxes, hell, there's like fucking seven or Shit, eight the only, boxes. The only the only face box I have is Tiff. And shit, even three years ago, they were four or five hundred to buy some of the ones that have, they were still Dude, left around. The crazy Cuban was sending me pictures. Uh, Ryan was sending me pictures from one of the groups he's in on Facebook, and he sent me the face post. He's like, "Hey, do you want me to grab them?" They wanted. He had four sticks left and the original box. It was seventy-five dollars per stick and a hundred and fifty for the empty box. You know, like I've joked when we're down at crew, I've been, we've been down there when somebody has asked Jimmy for one of his face boxes off the wall. And he's like, no, no, you can't have that. <laughs> Don't even like, what ask. What are you talking about? Why would you even Bro, ask? you could, I would welcome you to go on eBay right now and type in Tatawahe Monster Series. Uh, I think the original Drac boxes, right? Because I think Drac was the one he talks about and in, in, in hand rolled. When they ask him about the monster box, and he goes, so the original coffin that Drac was in, they were painted, filled with cigars, and shipped out. Well, everyone that bought the box was talking about the cigar box smelling like paint. And people were throwing the boxes away. And he's like, no, look, just pull the cigars out of the box, let the box dry out, and then you still have the coffin. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... But like one of the boxes, the face boxes I wish I had was the bride. I love the lightning bolt in her hair. She's screaming. It's a white box. Dude, they're they're crazy cool. Crazy cool. And I kick myself in the ass for because I've smoked. I've smoked every original monster. I had a face monster. Never had never had a Frank. I never had a Frank. Never saw those. But Drac was the one I started on. And I got I bought two out of the box. You know, but in that that point in time, I was spending monthly seventy dollars on cigars. Right. You know, I, I couldn't. I couldn't just economically. Drop, you move you up know. in your whether it be spirits, your cigars. You just economically, your disposable income can only get you so far at some point, and then you just gradually build up to where you are. Well, today. and that's and that's one thing I want to throw out. I, I had said this earlier about how some of these. At least twenty-year-old or core brands or whichever, because I'm wrapping. I want to wrap Tatawahe, Oliva, a lot of these big companies now into those standards. They're kind of starting to fall back into their original. Um, I said not not vision because I don't think their vision has changed, um, but their homage or their their character in the cigar is, you know, I firmly believe, and I'm saying this is me knowing I'm going to buy it. Tatawahe could have released these new Redux boxes at a. 18, 19 individual stick cost, meaning a $330, $360 box, I still buy them now because I can't, right? They didn't do that. Yes, they didn't produce as much with the Drac as they did the Frank, right? Price is no different. Box is still the same cost. You know, pretty much anywhere you can buy a box of Drac between $180 and $190. That's between, what, $14, $15, and $16 a stick? If the, no, not even that. $14 and $15 a stick? You know, 13 cigars in the box? That's awesome. He's not putting them out of reach. And the coolest thing about it is I personally know guys that are huge Tatawahe fans. 
they never really dove into the surrogate stuff or the monster stuff. You know, they're brown label or red label or Kahonu guys. Now they're into the monster stuff. And they're and, and Tatawaya did not price these out. They didn't make them unachievable. They didn't make them as if they were still only at the Unlucky 13 stores. Right? They didn't do that. 666 boxes of 13 cigars, right? All the original face boxes. Deception of Karloff. All of them, 666 boxes, boxes of 13. And that went to the unlucky stores. I think there was like 31 of them, right? Depending on, on the year, right? Whatever, you know? Didn't do that. Buy a box of cigar for less than $200. His advent calendar's coming out. You're going to get that cigar for less. You're going to get that in 25 Tatawai cigars, ranging anywhere from 950 to what would cost 14 15 18 19 $20. 250 bucks after tax, maybe that high. And then when you look at everything that goes into bringing this to the, the market, it, it, I still think it's unbelievable. It's still a screaming deal to get what you get, I think. Oh, it's insane. We talk so, about it all the time. So, listen, most of these cigars, depending on your smoking level, and you're looking at an hour and a half to a two-hour smoke for ten dollars. Oh, I mean, break it down, oh, yeah. and I mean it's amazing. I think so. Don't get hung up on the price. I don't think. Amazing. It's funny. funny because I'm sitting here looking at my pool and there is a little flamingo which cost me $4. And I've had this pool now two years. That flamingo is still floating around for $4. And then the girls have bought a swan and a chicken that are huge. They're dead, buried, and gone. But the $4 flamingo... Is still floating and looking good. Love it. Yeah. Man, I, I sure hope we get some of these. These We've got probably three days of beautiful weather. And then we're talking, as, as I look out, 65, 70 degree days for the next two or three weeks. Yeah, it looks good. Fantastic. I mean, even though we're getting scheduled for 79, 80 degrees the next two days, it's going to be breezy like this, limited yeah, cloud it's coverage. Yeah, southern wind. Yeah. It's, it, you you're know, you're still going to be with out. some breezy days. You know, like tomorrow, I'll be out in, in jeans, jacket, tuck, you know, button down. And it's it's going to feel like 75 outside, which is just going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be amazing. You know, what bottle did you say that you thought this reminded you? Of? Oh, of course, sir. It's more of a Weller bottle. Yeah, it's it's a little fatter, a little different. It ain't the same bottle, which is interesting. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna get our after hours in, our little small video set up for the patreon kind of talk about all the things we talked about today show off some of the uh active bottles on the table 
Mahalo to everyone. Thank you so much. Get down and check out Lit Cigar Lounge. As always, be sure to check on our newest accounts, Cigar Vault Pacific. And where do you guys got to go on Friday? You're down at Lev? Uh Friday, yeah, we've got this episode will go up tonight. So tomorrow, uh, the 21st, the St. Louis Bourbon Festival down at Limp on Cherokee. Um, 450 plus spirits. There's going to be seminars, food trucks, two lit cigar lounge booths set up. Uh, come see me, Scooby Drew, as well as Dana. Um, Leslie will be there, and then uh, Big Daddy will be there as well. So come out and see that. Um, and then the 22nd, uh, we've got Witches of West County, as well as live music at the shop. Um, on the 27th, we've got our Spooky Vibes or Local Legends Tour at Grand Cruz Cigars. We're very excited about that. And uh, that'll be our Halloween episode, so we'll pull some nifty tricks out for that. Probably going to be a heavily dominated Craft Imperial and Tatawahe slash Viaje event um, on that podcast. Uh, but we very much look forward to it. And from the Viking, mahalo. And uh, the Bourbon Cowboy will take us out. Yeah, listen, as always, man, we appreciate you guys listening in. Send any comments or questions you have. But listen, till next time, giddy up.